0: Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We're at the nexus of the Sports dog Universe. We're halfway through the Halfway of the Week uh, show. It is Wednesday. We're uh, starting hour number two here. A little bit of 49ers news. Uh, Adam Schefter, of course, breaking this. Why not? Mm. Elijah Mitchell uh, ruled out for Thursday night football against Tennessee. The 49ers have this crazy, like, everybody is a running back they, The fullback can run, and Deebo Samuel can run, and then they have running backs who can run. He actually leads them in rushing yards, Elijah Mitchell, who's a guy, Louisiana, Lafayette, University of Louisiana. I, I cannot call them just Louisiana. I refer to them as ooh-la-la, the University of Louisiana, Lafayette, ooh-la-la. Oh, and that's
1: why they, don't, they want to be called Louisiana, because of that. Ooh-la-la. Right,
0: ooh-la-la. <laughs>
2: ooh-la-la.
0: Anyway, that's a rival for Arkansas State. I can't bury that, even though I'm on the radio in Nashville. None of you care about it. But anyway, here you go. Uh, he's their top running back. He has been ruled out. He had a concussion and a knee injury. So he missed two games with a concussion, got out of concussion protocol. I was listening to something from San Francisco this morning, and they kept saying those guys thought he was going to play. Apparently the deal with Shanahan is like if you if you say you can play, then he's like, okay, then you then you you going. So something must have happened with him today. He had been practicing. But they were acting like he was going to be a game-day decision. And the thing is with Shanahan, he always leans towards, if you're a game-day decision, that means you were ready on game day. You're about to play. So maybe he had a setback or something. Mm.
1: So So did- tell you what the setback was. I think I know. He watched some more tape and saw that defensive line, how they were playing that <laughs> linebacker and, and cutting him and, and Evans blasting people. Like, eh, I don't think I'm quite on a short week. This is tough. I can, I, I, yeah, if we were playing Sunday, I think I could go. My knee hurts. Hmm. Yeah, and they those dudes was knocking people out. My my concussion, I feel it so good. I woke up with a headache.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you? Do you think that now that we've had a couple of days thinking about it, the hit by Christian Fulton on Friarmuth, was that? Was that a, a, a necessary roughness?
1: No, I'll, I said at the time when we were on Titans I didn't agree with that call. See, I still don't. I went but back and watched it two or three they, more times. They barely touched mask. But to me, that there was no intent to like hit him like that, even though they barely touched. I mean, and if it's question that they barely touched in, I can't call the penalty. Uh, but, you know, it's up to the uh, referee's discretion on those calls. Uh, I, I think they felt for, because I thought the flag was late based off TV, but maybe I missed it. I, I think they saw that he, you know, got, you know, rented to the ground by, what was it, Cunningham? Cunningham finished him. And uh, they called the penalty, and it was because he hit his head on the uh, ground uh, that caused. Uh, you know, the injury there. So, yeah, I think they kind of had a little bit of sympathy there for, you know, the player getting injured, you know. And then, you know, that's right there. I think it was on the Steelers' sideline. So there's a lot of, you know, pressing and pushing buttons to get the <laughs> the referee uh, to make the call. But I just, get it, that was unintentional. Even, and, and I say unintentional in that. If it if he did touch mask, it barely touched. So not worth calling a penalty. That was one of the ones I I, I did not like. If it, I felt
0: like it was a sympathy call. Uh, that was a good tough hit. That's it. Well, the, it was the same on the other side with the pass interference call uh, against um, um, the screen, where it's just two guys running and then trying to make a play on the ball, and they called pass interference on on. The oh, that, that was
1: BS. Only one you can legitimately say was uh, Simmons. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, both the pass interference or, uh Fulton, I, I didn't like either one of those. But, you know, I'm a little biased. Uh, being a former DB, the game is so hard now. Uh, I mean, you can't even. So the guy, every time when you see a receiver, like, pull away from a player and he pushes off, they never call that. He catches the ball on a deep ball. I'm like, well, what do you think the player's supposed to do? Like, hey, come here, come back. And then they'll call Holden though in a minute. I just, you know, I get it. They're trying to put up points, man. But to be a defensive back, especially corner in this league now, man, you just got to know And some calls are just going to be BS, you know, and they say, oh, it's the interpretation of the rule. But watch what's going on, man. If they're hand fighting back and forth, you never see who's really gaining that kind of advantage or they're both going at it that way. Let it play until the ball's in the air and it's coming down. He's about to catch. Then we'll see who's at an advantage. And if nothing happened and he just caught the ball, then, hey, no call. No harm, no foul. Yeah. So, and, and I get it. They do that when it's in critical moments at the end of a game, though. They they will let them go. They'll let things go. Sometimes. I just saw the one player who uh, who just uh, lost at the end of the game. They passed interference to a uh, running back, and they didn't call it, and it cost him the game. He was pissed. I think it was the Vikings. Who did the Vikings play um, uh, the other day? Yeah, it was I think it was the Vikings. Yeah, almost. Uh, or whoever, they, they lost the game, so it might have been the not been the Vikings. But it was 31 was the running back. Saw it so many times on replay. The, the, the linebacker hit his arms. The ball is not even there yet, and they didn't call, and it was their last play. It was a fourth down
0: play. Cost them the game. So it keeps happening. Oh, the 49ers. I'm sorry, the Seahawks. The Seahawks. A, it was a Seahawks. They yeah, had underthrow, right? And he, and he was standing there waiting on the ball, and he and just ran right, right through, through him. Mm-hmm. And They didn't call anything.
1: Yeah, and that's how the Seahawks. Uh, that was the Rams then. Seahawks and the Rams. Yeah, yeah.
0: and mm-hmm. that and that was a big, big moment in the game. Ran right through him. Yeah, and yeah. you saw the Titans get penalized all night for running through Colts players on underthrows.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I think the Colts kind of designed their plays for that. And it, it's interesting because sometimes you have an underthrow. Uh, unintentional, and it's hard. That's harder for a DB to cover when you're a man to man and you're running with a guy, and then all of a sudden he stops because he can see the ball. You can't because you're chasing. Everybody's like, Oh, look. Oh, okay, well, look. And as soon as that ball zip by your eyeballs and you catch the ball, then you say, oh, I'm not looking until he gives me signs, eyes, hands, some signal that the ball is coming. You know, then you look. And, you know, some of the, the real good receivers don't do anything to give you any signal. Last minute, bah! That's nuts. I'm like, oh, man, you got me. <laughs> um, it's a DB's the hardest position
0: physically to play in the game. Mentally, naturally, as a quarterback. But physically? Uh, the cornerback. And every playing. rule is against you. Every one of them. You, they're doing everything they can to you make it impossible you. for you to do your job. Silky they want slip, scoring. Man. And you got to have a mindset that's out of this world like, man, please. <laughs> All right. We, we have an update on this. So we'll oh, start, the COVID-19? We have, well, the COVID's still out there. What, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> with, with the bowl game. You know, with the bowl Texas game. Texas C&M. And the cancellation. Had to pull out of the Gator Bowl versus Wake Forest. <laughs> this is, it's, it's Friday, December 31st in Jacksonville, the Gator Bowl. So we're starting the show. So every college football reporter, all the Dennis Dodds and all these guys, Brett McMurphy of the world, they start rabbit holing down these. Who could you get next? Ross Dillinger. A yeah. oh, Ross Dillinger was the guy that broke the story. So essentially, it became: Could you get a team to play a second bowl game? Could you find a five and seven team? Which we figured out. Blaine immediately was like Texas. Oh. A and M can't play. Take Texas right yeah. down the road. How You said TCU. You, you T- said Florida State. T- I mean, yeah, Florida State's in the same league. They may not want double ACC, man, but they're right down the road. They can't be. They're right down the road. in are five and seven. Florida Atlantic. You said so. I, I mean, we just we found a bunch of five and seven options. Oh, you did this just now. Yeah, I got real curious. This from Brett McMurphy. <laughs> Wait this for is us. Getting
1: you lit over there. Oh, this
0: is the most exciting thing that's happened to me in weeks <laughs> because I, again. If you missed the first part of the show, former college athletics administrator, I'm in the room in my mind right now. I'm trying to solve this F- problem. How to fix it? Yeah. Oh my gosh, this is I, I love this kind of stuff. So here we go. Brett McMurphy tweeted this three minutes ago. Wake Forest AD John Curry says four teams have reached out about playing in the Gator Bowl to replace Texas a and but he gives no names. Oh no, zero names. Oh. But it's got to be somebody 5-7, and seven, right? I mean, it's got to be. And the bowl know. payout on this is $5 million. 5.6 or something million dollars. So, it's mm. a lot of ADs. That's, are like, that's,
1: that's the John Curry that used to be a tendency. That's John right? Curry. Yeah, how oh, about a Greg
0: Sciano reunion? Rutgers.
1: Well, they said they turned it down already.
0: Oh, they did? Yeah, they
1: were the first option.
0: Well, they, they had the APR. This yeah. came This came through uh, with Ross Dellinger just now. On the campuses of Purdue and Michigan, over 150 football players scheduled to get the booster shots with Purdue's AD, or excuse me, Purdue's Director of Sports Medicine, saying they see the importance of getting vaccinated, not getting quarantined, or contact tracing. So obviously Purdue, a week from tomorrow, in Nashville to play Tennessee. Mm, want to play that game. Uh-huh. They want to play that game. Somebody's gonna play this game. It, it, it's it when millions are at stake. I mean, Five point three million, by the way, on you, this one. When millions, for the payout are, for for that one of the your teams. conference commissioners on the phone. Hey, man, we need this money. You need this money, and it's on TV, and it's on and TV. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's like these NFL games. There's a story. NFLPA. The NFL was going to cancel the three games they moved this week, and the NFLPA said, "You're not canceling the games. We'll move them. When do you want us to play?" That's why there were two Tuesdays and an extra Monday game. There's no games going to be cast.
1: Yeah. We already have it set up where you have a huge (laughs) practice squad. (laughs) So we have everything in place. And not unless your whole team gets wiped out. Then we're going to move it to a later date. Right. You may have to play Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Sunday, but we're going to move this game. It's getting played. We got uh,
0: some obligations to some TV networks. I ultimately think, And I know we got to take a break because we got Jordan Janey next. And we can ask him about this. Like for the college? For college? No, no. For NFL, these Tuesday night games, people are going to be like, wait a second. We need more of this. We need Monday and Tuesday and Thursday, especially later in the year. I wouldn't be surprised if they, once college football goes away, if they don't start playing more of these, let's put it on other days. Play on Monday and Tuesday. It's more, It's the number one TV show every time it's on, NFL football. If it's on cable, it's the number one cable show. If it's on regular TV, it's the number one Doesn't show. Matter. You you know, they don't care. They don't care what your schedule is. What They don't care. Mm-hmm. You and watch. They may open the window, especially Tuesday when college night. football ends. They're going to say,
1: let's start playing teams on Tuesday. That's and here's the thing about the Tuesday
0: night deal. Window you, get. you could sell that to a complete other network. You could sell it online. You could sell it to Yahoo or Google or anybody. You mm-hmm. could put it anywhere. Hmm. That's a whole nother television partner, you could say, for Tuesday Night Football. Like ESPN and ABC, they've got theirs. CBS, they've got mm. theirs. Fox, they've got theirs.
1: Mm. I'm gonna a, a meeting up with the sheriff, man. Set it up.
0: You and me? We'll pitch it to him. Mm, no, no, just you.
1: <laughs> just you. Just, I get 3%.
0: Fair enough. You broke the deal. Uh, we brokered a deal with Jordan DeJani from CBS Sports. He's set to join us next. We will talk all things NFL with him on Blaine & Mickey. Yo. Blaine and Mickey 1045, The Zone. This is like a combination of superpowers of the 80s. Rick James and Eddie Murphy. This is right up your alley. Oh,
1: man. (laughs) This is up your alley. I remember the video for this.
0: I I remember being terrified of Rick James as a kid. Oh, you were terrified? Wow, what happened? I don't know, man. He just seemed to have strange powers of the funk that I didn't understand. Oh, oh, Rick James. His his funk, man. Oh, his funk was for the funkiest of funk.
1: Yeah, I know. That scared you.
0: Oh, I was terrified of it. He was on Soul Train one night. I was afraid to watch.
1: Soul, oh, that's what happened in Soul Train Scourge. Really <laughs> my
0: mama would let me sit and watch Soul Train with her. Uh, once a week. So, I mean, it were came saying, on like, what, Saturday night? What I think. The heck is
1: Vicky talking about Soul, Soul Train? Train? They didn't even know, They don't even know what Soul Train
0: is. Hey, man, Soul Train was the best thing on TV in the 70s and 80s. Um, Jordan DeJaney joins us from CBS Sports. Jordan, That's- as a kid, you ever step and watch Soul Train? <laughs> hey, Don Cornelius was oh, the baddest dude, man walking on the planet. Don Cornelius. Cornelius. What's up,
2: guys? No, I can't say I have.
0: <laughs> hey, You missed out. We got to get you on YouTube and find you some uh, classic Soul, Soul, Soul train, train episodes. Like, what the heck is Mickey talking about? Dude, it was show? the baddest. That's oh. like
1: talking about Atari or something, man.
0: <laughs> I was probably playing Atari while I was watching Soul Train. Uh, hey, happy holidays. Jordan, how in the world are you doing?
2: What's going on, guys? Happy holidays. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, just got home back to North Carolina, seeing the parents and friends, things like that. But oh. always got an eye on TV, checking out these crazy football games. I can't believe Week 15 actually just came to an end. It felt like an entire month. But onwards and upwards. Oh, yeah.
0: Hey, l- l- since you brought that up, let's start there. So there's a report. I actually read about it on CBSSports.com, which I would recommend everybody go there. It's a fantastic site. You guys do a great job covering everything. (laughs) NFL information there galore always, including the stuff that you write. But there was a story that the NFL was basically saying, we're not rescheduling any games. We're just their forfeits and nobody gets paid. And J.C. Treader and the NFL Players Association stepped in and said, no, we're going to reschedule the games and we're going to play them. And everybody's going to get their game checks uh, that's an interesting thing to me that it took the NFLPA stepping in, Jordan, to make sure that the games happened.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. It's definitely an interesting development. And, you know, it's one that's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, what happens just in the general playoff picture if you want to lean towards forfeiting games when teams are going to have uneven records You know, especially at this point in the season, what exactly is that going to do to the playoff picture? So, you know, I'm glad they stepped in because I don't know what the NFL would have to do in terms of making concessions in other parts of the standing to see exactly what the playoff picture would look like.
0: Well, and here's the other thing. Blaine and I were talking. So Blaine says, and and I believe him, he said, look, this is 17 games is just a stop on the road to 18, and that's a stop on the way to 20, and then they just won't have any preseason games. Just It's always more and more and more. This thing with Tuesday night football, if you're the NFL, you stick a game on Tuesday night, you're automatically the number one TV show on TV. I wouldn't be surprised if late in the season, they don't just say, hey, we got a hit on our hands. Let's play some Tuesday night games. I mean, heck, let's just let's throw in another night of the week for NFL football.
2: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I've, I'm anticipating that happens further down the road here. Now, as you mentioned, it has to be more of a late season thing, maybe when like college football is done and over with, because if we did this throughout the year, you know, that's going to be a lot of football on a lot of different days. And the NFLPA won't like that either with so many teams being on short, long weeks. Um, but, you know, it's I think it's something that's going to happen down the line. And, you know, it's something that'll be interesting for TV ratings, too, because, you can choose to flex some of those divisional games outwards that are going to have major playoff implications, which would set us up to have major matchups on TV on a random Tuesday night, random Monday night, whatever it may be, that everyone's going to tune into. Now, along those lines, there's one thing that I saw getting a lot of praise on social media, and that was kind of the Monday night doubleheader. I feel like a lot of people like that. You you have a game starting at whatever it was, 5 or 6 Central, and uh, then yeah, that rolls into your, you know, regularly scheduled Monday night football showdown. And I got to tell you, man, I enjoyed that a lot as well. No, oh,
0: yeah, me too. It was four o'clock and seven o'clock. Bring it on. Uh, I used to say, no, let's try to keep it more exclusive. Let's keep it. I, I, I screw that. I was dumb. Just every, <laughs> football every day. Jordan DeJani, our guest here, CBS Sports on Blaine and Mickey.
1: Well, Jordan, uh, man, you, you, you we start uh, putting quarterbacks in. In certain categories, and we always say, "Oh, you know, because they're getting paid the big money." And I'm trying to figure out, oh, what tier they are, what they are. I'm just, I'm gonna just keep it simple. Name me maybe five quarterbacks that can carry their team all the way, even when their weapons are down. Can you name me five?
2: Wow.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Okay, I could, yeah, I could try to name you five there. (laughs) I would probably put Tom Brady in that upper tier. I think you have to. Um, I would put Aaron Rodgers in that tier, the reigning NFL MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, now that it kind of gets tough. You know, I would say normally Russell Wilson, but I feel like Russell Wilson has been off as of late. Um, Matthew Stafford could be in that tier, but this is his first season with a, with a brand new team. So, man, who else Who else would I put in there? I'm kind of blanking now.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly my point. And that's where it made me think about, you know, Tannehill, Cousins, and all these quarterbacks They're in this certain category where they have to have the right pieces around them to be successful. So then I go, well, then why are they getting paid franchise money if they can't do those things? Because you have to know – All the pieces aren't going to be available at some point in time throughout a season, but they can manage a game throughout that process. So should they deserve the franchise money, even though they can't lift up and carry their team, even when chips are down?
2: That's a great question. And here's what it really boils down to is. The quarterback position is one of the most, is the most important in football. Right. We saw it over these past couple of games where if you have a quarterback out or even your backup quarterback out, you know your chances of winning that game drop significantly. Now that's going to obviously lead to a lead to a pay raise when it comes to the most important position in football. And you know at the same time, I mean, you have a receiver or starting running back go down. That's going to obviously hinder the quarterback's progress. And as we just talked about, there's only a couple of guys that are signal callers in the NFL that can really elevate their offense. And I think it's supposed to be that way. I don't think that everybody getting legitimate franchise money should probably be expected to turn that practice squad wide receiver into a legitimate starter when he's leading him down the sideline. So, you know, I I understand your point, but I I would probably disagree with it just in terms of that's how the market goes with some of these quarterbacks. And you need one of those guys that's at least able to lead teams to victory even when everything's going right and when everyone's healthy on offense. That's a hard enough job as it is, as we've seen in the NFL.
1: Right. So should we change our expectations as fans? Because once you get the big money, I don't care what position it is, but we're talking about quarterback, we expect you to be able to do certain things.
2: Yep, I would agree with that. That's definitely where I agree with you. You know, if you're going to be pushed and get your pay raise into that top five, top ten of position, whatever it may be, whatever we're subjectively talking about franchise money, then we're expecting you not only to do your job, but hopefully provide something, no matter what position you're playing, that Mm -hmm. can help elevate whatever side of the ball you're playing. That should be the expectation once you get once you get paid because you're abiding again by those market standards and if you're going to get that money that 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 you know bump and pay then people are going to have more expectations on you.
1: Mm-hmm. What made me bring this up is I'm looking at the Titans so you can let's now talk about the Titans versus the 49ers and who has the edge and I'm looking at. Garoppolo and I'm watching some games and I'm looking at Tenny, and I go, well, you know, Tenney is a little bit better than Garoppolo because he, he seems like he's a better athlete. But in the in the same systems, I think they're probably about the same. So who has the edge in this game? And I just talk about the quarterbacks, but what team? Because I know Vegas is saying the 49ers, which is kind of surprising to me that they're coming all the way here on a short week. It's not even an even game. Yeah, it's an
2: interesting you know, situation because I do think at this point right now, the 49ers, they're, they're very talented, and they're playing uh-huh. great ball. They're relying on the run game, which has you know, been their 14. It doesn't matter if Elijah Mitchell's going to play. He's not, by the way. That came out a few minutes ago. Yeah, but even if it's they're... Jeff Wilson, Jeff Wilson Jr., I mean, he's they know how to player. run the ball, and they're mm-hmm. putting Devo Samuel back there too. He seems like he's a hell of a running back as well. So, you know, when it comes to who has the edge, who doesn't, This 49ers team is playing some of its best ball all season. They were struggling earlier in the year, and that's why I'm kind of leaning towards them. And as for the Titans, you know, I want to see if A.J. Brown can return to be healthy. What's Julio Jones' status? What are the statuses of some of these guys on the defensive side of the ball, such as David Long? You know, I expect this to be a close affair. If the Titans are going to be underdogs towards three points, three-and-a-half points, I'll probably take those points. But, you know, one team's winning games right now and one team's not. And one is coming off of a pretty tough – Outing against the Pittsburgh Steelers, where they outgained them by hundreds of yards, but four turnovers that all led to points took away their chances of getting back to the win column. So if you ask me what's the point right now, or has the advantage, I'm looking at the 49ers, even if I'd rather have Ryan Tannehill than Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback.
1: Mm, man, that's kind of, wow, I'm surprised, man. How surprised were you when you saw Tom Brady and crew? put up a donut versus the Saints. And the Saints have always played him tough. But, man, a donut with his weapons down, all of a sudden he didn't get it done within a game. Now, if he game plans and knows going into the game, I think it will have be been a little bit differently. But the Saints always give him trouble.
2: Yeah, Blade, man, I was shocked. I was worried about the Saints covering 11 points. That's how that's how worried I was coming into this, this prime time game. But, man, it just speaks to this defense's ability. And I was looking at the playoff picture earlier today, seeing where the Saints are. And, You know, with how this defense is playing, you know, they could potentially win out and grab one of these wild card spots, which is pretty incredible considering they're down their starting quarterback. But, man, you know, it seems like the Saints have the formula for whatever it is against Tom Brady. And I think one of the things that really stood out to me, among many things, is that the defensive line really Mm -hmm. dominated the line of scrimmage. They couldn't Mm -hmm. establish the run game. They were controlling the box as well. Those linebackers did a great job cutting down some of those wide receiver tight end routes on the short side. And they put pressure on Tom Brady all game long, forced turnovers down the field, forced hurry passes, forced hurry progressions. Um, you know, whatever it is, whenever that D.C. Re- retires, he's going to have to have his own TED Talk about how you take down Tom Brady because he's done a magnificent <laughs> a job, especially without Sean Payton on the sideline due to yeah. COVID protocol. So credit to that team, man. That says something about that defense and maybe team in general as we start eyeing some maybe dark horses, Uh, coming into the playoff race.
1: Mm, Do you start feeling like head coaches don't – they're just managers, even if you're a play caller? I mean, man, that was kind of impressive without the head coach.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's a great question. I wouldn't know. And I feel like it maybe differs from franchise to franchise. I feel like maybe some some head coaches have a lot more say in terms of game planning and also mid-game adjustments compared to their coordinators. So I feel like that would be an issue that kind of differs from team to team.
0: Mm, man, we're on with uh, Jordan DeJani, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Jordan, uh, who's your number one team in the NFL? And let me guess that it might be the Packers. And if not, well, let me ask, who's your number one, who's your number two best team in the NFL right now in the Jordan DeJani power rankings?
2: Yeah, in the Jordan DeJani dimes power rankings. Yeah, <laughs> I Jordan. would say the Green Bay Packers got to be my number one team. I, you know, I think they're the only team that's clinched the playoff spot, number one seed right now in the NFC. 11-3, now – there's a lot of questions about the defensive side of the ball coming out of Sunday's matchup against Baltimore, a backup quarterback, how exactly they handled that. But at the same time, if we're looking at this entire package as a regular season, we've seen this team on both sides of the ball um, play some great football, led by Aaron Rodgers, who's a legitimate MVP candidate. We got out of the Packers at number one. Now, in terms of my number two spots, Pretty incredible to say, but how about the Kansas City Chiefs? They are now mm-hmm. backed up to the number one seed in the AFC, ten and four. Mm-hmm. A great offensive outing against the Los Angeles Chargers a week ago. The freaking Steelers this week. <laughs> you got to give credit to this Chiefs team, man. I mean, a lot of people wanted to count them out, saying Mahomes was due for a regression. Look how they started the regular season. Well, guess what? They were able to right the ship. I think what's really important is the defense is playing some good ball. Uh, that really is what heightens this team's ceiling when it comes to being a contender because we all know the offense is going to be really good. Um, so the Chiefs are probably at number two.
0: Yeah, the Chiefs with two rookie offensive linemen too. You know, Titans have drafted guys in the first and second round last year. One's a failed rapper on a practice squad in New York, and the other can't even dress unless nobody else is available.
2: Very Yeah, that's very tough to look at it that way. No doubt about that. But, hey, how about every team passed up on Trey Smith when we all knew better about the whole blood clots and the lung situation?
0: Uh, seriously, you get to, like, the fifth round, of the fourth. What what are we doing with that guy? Like, what did they look at his tape and not think, this would? this is a better flyer to take on a guy than anybody else we could pick at this point?
2: Mickey, I'm telling you, it's one of those – and I hope it's rare. I hope it's rare just for the sake of the league in general. One of those rare instances where fans or people who, att- who pay attention more specifically to one prospect know better than the professionals who their job is to rape this prospect. Because we – I mean, I- I'm a Tennessee grad, and i followed this kid ever since he committed. I, I understood his situation. I understood he got treatment. I understood he came back um, as good as ever. And he apparently put those medical issues behind him. But guess what? that that past medical issue is going to be what we call a red flag and it can be as serious as one that you know some teams just take them off their board completely even if it gets to a value spot further down the draft and that's where people really messed up yeah
0: Uh, uh, Jordan DeJani, our guest here on Blaine & Mickey, he never messes up CBS Sports. Yeah, exactly. We do, though. We messed up your name. (laughs) (laughs) Only for a year. But
1: someone said we're not going to mess up, and everybody's talking about it for MVP at running back. It's Jonathan Taylor. I mean, what are your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor being an MVP candidate? Just give us your summary all around this.
2: Oh, geez. Yeah, I could write probably a book. It's interesting to see just how this whole like, you know, hype train has moved. So first of all, I want to say that like, I'm all for it. Because when we talk about the MVP race, you know, it's just quarterbacks, basically. I mean, Cooper Cup mm-hmm. should be getting MVP consideration as well mm-hmm. if we want to start talking about players that aren't quarterbacks. So in that sense of it, I'm definitely all for it. Now, I'm sure a lot of people in Nashville are still screaming Derrick Henry's name when it comes to the campaign he had last year, the campaign he was on track for this year. Um, You know, he definitely should be a name that's in consideration. Now, I do want to hypothesize about why Jonathan Taylor is getting more steam than Derrick Henry, Mm -hmm. and that's because he's still a very, very young player. I mean, what, this is his second season, this is his really breakout career campaign you know it'll be remain, remains to be seen if he's going to be able to maintain this level of success, much like Derrick Henry has over the past couple of years. But he's kind of the new guy on the block. He's a second-year pro that's really making big waves and helping this team look like one of the best in the conference. So that's why I think he's getting so much hype. I do think it's very well deserved. But when it comes to his chances of actually winning the MVP award, actually bypassing Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and whoever else is in that race, Mahomes. I still don't see it happening. And he could have. He could continue to look like an absolute dominant force up through the postseason. It's going to be hard for a running back to overtake a quarterback. That's just my read on the situation.
1: Mm. I'm going to throw in a little two cents. I wanted you to tell me am I wrong here, you and Mickey, on this. This is the second season. I didn't think about that about Jonathan Taylor. But he's doing more with less players around him. Less X out offensive linemen because both lines are really good when Henry ran for 2,000. Uh, let's say he's doing less with his receivers and less with quarterback. And I'm only comparing them to the Titans team in that they have less players and they're not as good as the Titans players. They had Corey Davis and AJ Brown. Uh, and we have Tannehill who's playing or last year, played better than Carson Wentz is playing today.
2: Yeah, I that's a, that's a kind of a tough scenario. Um, you know, I probably agree with that more. I, I mean, I don't think it's, that drastic but i do think he's doing more with less i guess you could say yes so this this colt's offensive line i know you don't want to you ruled them out of the scenario but i mean they're absolutely incredible at what they do right um but yeah, I, w- I would probably agree with that analysis. Well,
1: I'm assuming both offensive lines are really good because you've got a running back to rush for 2,000 yards. So I think that's <laughs> equally skill the players. same. Um, yeah. It's the skilled players that makes the difference around him, and it's kind of remarkable that he's done it, and it's only his second season where Henry did it in, what, his fifth season? So I, I kind of get that. Right, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 how much will Le'Veon Bell help Tampa Bay <laughs> before we let you know, go <laughs> since we're talking about yeah. running
2: backs? I remember we talked about this a couple months ago. We talked about would he get another shot. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think I said something like, you know, possibly because, you know, everyone knows his name. He has connections around the NFL. I I assumed that he was going to join a practice squad, get another random chance as injuries begin to mount. And that's exactly what we've seen. And he's, you know, teaming up with a former teammate in in Antonio Brown uh, in Tampa. And we saw Leonard Fournette go down with his injury. It's not going to be a season-ending injury, according to reports I've seen, but he will maybe miss a week or two. Might be best suited to put him in that situation since the Buccaneers are trying to gear up for another long playoff run. you got to have as many guys as you got healthy. So I don't know what kind of impact he's going to have. I would imagine maybe you could compare it to someone like Baltimore. He's active in some games. He's not active in others. He's getting carries in some games. He's not getting many in others. That's probably more of the situation I would assume he's going to be in. But you could never tell with Bruce Arians and what he likes to do with his running backs because we've seen him mix it up quite a bunch with guys like Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see what happens. But, I mean, no, don't don't go out there and roster him on your fantasy football teams just yet.
1: Mm. I want the NFL to advertise Cooper Cup for MVP, man. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I want Cooper Cup. I'm going for the Cup.
2: <laughs> man, he's a he's a hell of a player. He he, he took over the game last night. Yeah, he he's so did. good in route running. He's an explosive playmaker. He's smart. He's got high football IQ. He's making Matthew Stafford's you know joining the Los Angeles Rams a lot smoother. And that's what you want out of a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Jordan,
1: I want to see him on the dance floor, man. Gets all those moves he's got. I know he's got to be a good
0: dancer. <laughs> I want to see Jordan DeJani on the dance floor. Uh, hey, Jordan. <laughs> hey, we won't talk to you again before Christmas. Merry Christmas, buddy. Thanks. Uh, love visiting with you every week. Happy holidays, bro.
2: Merry Christmas, guys. Love visiting with you as well. Hope you and your families are doing well. Enjoy this holiday season.
0: Yes, sir. You too. All right. Uh, when we come back, what are the Titans' odds to make the playoffs? This number was shocking to me. Shocking. And Matthew is on the line. Matthew, you hold. We'll come straight to you before we give those odds on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Explain to Mickey 1045 the zone. for MVP. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5, the sound. I'm getting sentimental here at the end of the show. Sing us a song, piano man. Yeah. Uh, oh, man,
1: I see you. I didn't know you had those skills to play the piano like that. Oh, man. You, hey, Lucas, he got you, man. He can play the piano. Tra-
2: have <laughs> been practicing just for you guys. Let's get uh,
1: Mark
0: Spain real estate hotline. We'll give you these Titans playoff odds. Matthew and oh, Clarksville man, will be me. up first. What's going on, Matthew? How are you? How's hey. it going, guys? Merry Christmas, y'all. Hey, Happy Merry holidays, Christmas, buddy. Matthew.
2: Hey, uh, I just want to touch back in on this uh, MVP thing you guys were just talking about mm-hmm. in the whole Jonathan Taylor for MVP thing. Can we kind of stop that? Like, I don't <laughs> think that's very realistic, guys. Like, I mean, after the two campaigns, the Henry
0: but I don't think that that's even a question as to if he should be MVP. But I did like the point,
2: you know, like about Cooper Cup. I mean, when's the last time you saw a wide receiver? Or ever I like, I don't know that I've ever seen we, it.
0: We looked it up, Matthew. During the break, ne- never ever. a kicker has won it, a
1: but kicker. never a
2: wide receiver. <laughs> <The> defensive <laughs> a end
1: Lawrence Taylor, Allen Page. Yep. always. Yeah, quarterback, I mean you look at what
2: Cup's doing. I don't think it's a very hard argument. I I think Cup's for MVP, guys. Yeah, me and too. And that's coming from a diehard Titans. Der- I got Derrick Henry socks on, guys. I mean, like <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm with uh, you there. Just honest opinion. I
1: appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, no, yes, sir. thank you. Thank no, that, that's why I brought it up. I, I really believe it because it's become a passing league. So you're either going to give it to the quarterback, and I don't think people are going to give it to Stafford. So, I, uh, man, why not Cooper Cup? Why not? Let's get him in there, man. The first be receiver. the first receiver to ever win MVP. Jerry
0: Rice has not won MVP. No, we went back and looked. This award has existed since 1957. So Jim Brown won the first two. If that tells you, Jim Brown at that time is like was like that stretch of LeBron. Or you could have just given it to LeBron every year, MVP. There was probably 12, 13 years where he realistically could have won it every year. Well, he only he, played nine.
1: Right? Didn't he only play nine? Jim Brown?
0: And he played nine years. Oh, boy, you, could have, I, you could have literally given it to him every, 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 every year. He he was just unbelievable. He was playing a different game than everybody else. But Martin Mosey, a kicker, has won this. <laughs> Lawrence Taylor won it uh, in 86. He's the last either not running back or quarterback to win it. Kids, you need to Google Lawrence Taylor and the great Alan Page, who went on to a a great legal career, uh, a defensive lineman for the Vikings. He went at 71. Uh, It's a receiver's never won it. More kickers than receivers. That's amazing to me.
1: Yeah, it may be time. Hey, you know, it's hard to say Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, but hey, Cooper Cup gets third. I'm cool with that. Yeah. He's doing some magical stuff. And, you know, Stafford did throw a couple of those balls that I, I saw. In tight windows, like I'm like, don't throw that, and he threw it, and it was right on the money. Yes, yeah, Stafford is uh, He's a special a, arm talent. Now, oh no doubt. my god,
0: it's still special. Like it's, it's there's nothing off his fastball. He still, mm. he still can just throw it, uh, except when he played the Titans. Well Yeah,
1: because Byard be up there playing the plays. They, like he had practiced. Yes, he did.
0: <laughs> and and his was and like his butt was on fire the whole game. Yeah. They pressured him. Yeah,
1: him and Simmons. Remember Simmons had three sacks at halftime, right? <sighs> Is that what it was?
0: Yeah, they got after his butt for sure. Mm. Uh, Titans. I saw this. That I, I saw this yesterday on ESPN their football uh, power index FPI. Titans' chances to make the playoffs because you think. Literally, they they're playing two of the hottest teams in the league down the stretch, the 49ers and the Dolphins, who do have the longest winning streak in the NFL. And and they're the the Titans might be the coldest team in the NFL right now. They're freezing. Oh
1: man, you just made my shoulders. Man. If they were reading my body language right now, I'm afraid what you about to tell me.
0: Do you know what they're? Just take no. a wild guess. Uh, Odds well, to make you, the playoffs. You make
1: me feel like it's not a good number, so I'm gonna go. Oh no,
0: it's it's. It's a good number. You will uh, like the number
1: odds uh, that they're going to make the
0: playoffs. Make just to make the playoffs, and but I'll say they that. have to be at seventy. Oh, higher than that. Oh, well, good. And here's the thing: there are right now one, two, well, I'm three, not. I'm not comfortable four, five, with the, six, With Vegas seven, right now, eight. there are eight teams, only seven playoff spots. There are eight teams that are eight and six or better, including the Tennessee Titans, who are nine and five currently. The Titans, the third seed. Their odds to make the playoffs are 97%. And, that, and I don't trust Vegas. I, for it, what? Well, yeah, this is not I don't, I don't yeah, Well, whoever said it, because yeah. I'm not liking that they have the 49ers favored. Their they, odds but, to win the division, you know what those are? Uh-uh. Uh-huh. 91% Mm-mm. still. I, I'm still
1: thinking the Colts got an outside shot of winning the division. That means the Titans are going to uh, lose, which is what Vegas is saying against the 49ers and probably uh the dolphins. Then you only got the Texas. So. Yeah, that's not the dolphin talking. It's us <laughs> about to, that's us about to go. So we gotta go. We love you guys. Yes, it's we do. Wednesday it's a beautiful day. Yes it is from the Blaine and Mickey show, as always, always. guys. We gotta, gotta go. You know the
0: dealio. Peace. Peace. <laughs>